Welcome to On San Francisco, the San Francisco Chronicle podcast on the people and politics making headlines in the city by the bay. I'm Heather Knight, Chronicle columnist, and we have big news, a new mayor. It's London Breed, and we're talking today about how she won and what her tenure in Room 200 will mean for our city. Welcome to an emergency podcast from the San Francisco Chronicle. Not a civic emergency, but we have a new mayor emergency. We have a new mayor here in San Francisco. I'm Joe Garofoli, senior political writer at the San Francisco Chronicle. And uh, with me to break it down are some of my friends and colleagues here at the Chronicle. Kai Milner, editorial writer. Heather Knight, columnist. John Diaz, editorial page editor. Spencer Whitney, assistant editor. All right, let's break it down. Heather, who is our new mayor? She is London Breed. Um, looks like that's a certainty today. It was heading that way for the past several days of counting, and Mark Leno um, has basically thrown in the towel, and London Breed is our new mayor. She's just the second woman to ever lead San Francisco and the first woman of color, so this is a big deal. What is the significance of having uh, London Breed as our mayor? Kind of the, the global significance. Um, well, just the fact that she is a woman is very significant. Of the top 50 big, 15 biggest cities in the country by population, all of them are led by men. Um, 12 white men, three men of color. San Francisco, I believe, is number 13 population-wise. So she will be the only woman heading one of the largest cities in the entire country. Wow. And... Uh what happened? How about uh, Mark Leno? Why you know, he, this has been going on for eight days? Uh, why why does it take him this long to, to throw in the towel? Well, I think he had no choice but to stay with it because the uh, election was so close. As of the last count, it was in the sixteen hundred vote range. Uh, more than anything, Joe, I think I'm struck by the breadth of the support that London Breed had in this town. She came in first in nine of the eleven supervisorial districts. Lena only uh, carried one. Uh, Jane Kim carried one. Uh, I think, to, to Heather's point about what it means, I think London Breed has done a, a very good job of, of bringing the city together. And the Chronicle endorsed London Breed. We, yes, correct. we did. Okay. I think one of the other things about London Breed, uh, she's also had a – she's been one of the only people I think has had a more interesting and more national story. Uh, the fact that, you know, after uh, Mayor uh, – the previous mayor, Ed Lee, uh, unexpectedly died, and uh, just the the whole uh, system that went around from her actually being mayor for a while and then that basically being taken away, that put a lot more eyes on this San Francisco race than um, would have been before. And she has a very compelling personal story, right, Kai? She has an incredible com- personal story. She grew up in public housing. Um, she's a renter, and she's coming at a time when the city is in a big transition. It's trying to figure out who who it is as a city, given the tech invasion. Um, that was a big in, impact in this race. Um, and she's going to have to build a lot of coalitions. This was a nasty race. Um, it started with her being outed as the temporary mayor, and it's finishing now with her beating Mark Leno and Jane Kim in a very divisive campaign. And what does this say, as you say, about the power of tech in this city? Well, there, there is no such thing as a quote-unquote tech block in the city. There's no bunch of, you know, tech workers aren't uh, united or anything, but they certainly have a lot of money and uh, their interests have money. What does this say about this, about uh, the power of tech in San Francisco? They have a lot of money, and they donated quite a bit of money to PACs that um, – were pro-London breed. And so 
At a time when lots of people in San Francisco are wondering, what's going to happen to me here? I can't afford housing anymore. All of these tech workers have come in and pushed me out. Um, it's become it's it's become it's something that the next mayor, regardless of who that person was going to be, was going to have to grapple with. And now London is going to have to prove that she can stand on her own, that she's not beholden to um, the people who supposedly helped her get elected. Although personally, I think that London had her own reasons for running the way that she did and her own reasons for taking the positions that she did. And she's going to have to prove that she can make this a city for everybody who lives here. She bristled at questions when people would say, you're a puppet of Ron Conway. How does, how does she deal with that? What's the first thing she should do when she comes into office to kind of tamp that stuff down? Or does she need to? I kind of think that was overblown. He has contributed to her, but he's contributed to um, Mark Farrell, who the board named as interim mayor instead of her. I mean, a lot of people have benefited from his backing. Um, I think that she is a pretty um, a good politician in that she can work with progressives and moderates, and she herself has been a swing vote on the board. I don't think it's fair to say she's entirely on the you know far side of the moderate spectrum. So I think that she will be able to um, begin to work with a variety of people. I would agree with Heather on that. I, I don't think that uh, the, the tech invasion, if you will, has really been a great dividing line in this particular election. I think Lennon Breed, um, if, if anything, what this shows is that San Francisco, when you have a citywide election, still tends to stay toward the center by San Francisco standards. There was some thinking that there might be some kind of progressive revolt. We really didn't see that in this election. It's not only looking at the mayor's race with Lennon Breed's election, uh, but also looking at the two tax me- measures on the ballot, uh, Proposition C barely won, uh, Proposition D, which would have uh, – uh, taxed uh, commercial rentals for um, for housing that lost. Uh, it's still when when push comes to su- shove with San Francisco voters, they tend to veer toward the center. So, what does that say about uh, you know the, Jane Kim's performance here? She finished uh, I guess second or, or third, or I guess we'll see when the votes are finally counted. But she was the blessed candidate of Bernie Sanders. The San Francisco, if this was supposed to be the bastion of progressivism. What does it say when the, the mayor is, a, a again, a moderate by San Francisco standards, which in the rest of the world is socialism? Go ahead. I think um, it was very telling that Jane Kim lost her own district, which is District 6. Um, London Breed took that by quite a lot. And I think that um, many San Franciscans have just had it with the condition on our streets and sidewalks. I think that was a huge issue in this mayoral campaign. And I heard from so many District 6 residents who said, I'm never going to vote for Jane Kim, even if they voted for her for supervisor. They just felt that she wasn't responding to the quality of life issues on their sidewalks. And I think a lot of people thought that London Breed would be a better answer on that. Yeah, Spence? To Heather's point. I think a lot of it is is definitely what people have been seeing on the streets. And what will be very telling is how Lyndon uh, steps in to deal with the homelessness issue. That's probably the number one issue for most people. That's certainly one of the issues that you hear from a lot of people that come just to come to visit San Francisco, whether they're from different parts of the U.S. or from out of the country. And that's it's that's been the conversation. Now it's a national conversation. And all kind of, at some point, it's all going to come together for that. So particularly from I think one of the early questions was asking about how can she get away from kind of this progressive moniker about um, being beholden and being a puppet. Dealing with homelessness, I think, is, is really going to, um, you know, kind of take a lot of that away. And that's such a big issue, though. What's her first, like, what, what should be her first priority, her first big win out of the box? Because you've got to have that big win when you're first starting. Go ahead, Heather. I'm going to see um, 
real interested to see what she does on the safe injection sites. She was by far the biggest backer at City Hall of those, which are um, places where injection drug users can go and legally shoot up inside. They exist in Europe, Australia, and Canada, but there are none in the U.S., and many cities were on the verge of opening them, and then Trump got elected president, and people are really worried about a federal um, response, which could, in theory, mean um, people using drugs inside them or even those who authorize their existence, such as the mayor or public health director, could um, face criminal consequences. And so she has been a huge backer of them because her own sister died of a drug overdose. And I'll be curious to see whether she keeps championing them as mayor or or not. So go ahead. What what should she what should she do first? I was just going to say, I think she's also going to have to deliver on housing. Because one of the big reasons she got elected was because of the Yimby movement, which is very big into getting housing built. She was seen as the most pro-housing candidate. Jane Kim was seen as being a bit of a hypocrite for catering to the west side of town, um, which doesn't want a lot of housing built. And London's going to have to show that she can get permits through, that she can make things happen um, with developments. That's going to be another big issue. How many votes does she have on this board? How many votes does she have? The it's just swung against her. Um, with the election of Raphael Mandelman over Jeff Sheehy, the board will tip slightly six to five. So it's very likely they'll elect a progressive president. Um, Hillary Ronan has already thrown her hat in the ring for that. And she told me she'd love to see a progressive woman leading the board and a progressive woman in room 200. And, uh, excuse me, moderate. <laughs> and let's keep in mind that there's going to be another mayoral election in just a year. Yeah. And uh, certainly with the progressive majority, albeit a slim one, uh, there's going to probably be some resistance to having her have those big wins that you're talking about, Joe, because uh, uh, the progressives are not going to are not going to go away. I mean, they're not going to help a, her out. They're no not going to help her out. And, and this was a very close race. And and the thing about being mayor of any city, uh, but particularly San Francisco, is you get blamed for everything that goes wrong, mm-hmm. whether it's a natural disaster, whether it's what we have with homelessness. Um, so police shootings ultimately uh uh the mayor gets in the gets it takes heat for that so um it's going to be a precarious year for london breed let's talk about the uh the, the two uh other top finishers what happens next to mark leno and what happens next to jane kim what uh, are their next career moves Mark Leno's in his late 60s. I would imagine he goes into political retirement, although he still has his small business to run. Um, I'll be interested to see what Jane Kim does. She's termed out um, from the board at the end of the year. And when I interviewed her during the race, she said if she wasn't mayor, she might go um, work at a foundation or some kind of um, liberal think tank type of place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, in Mark Leno's case, I think he was waiting a long time for Nancy Pelosi to. Uh, step down as uh, as the member of the house of representatives i don't think that's going to happen and i think no. he's he's sort of aged out of uh, being a junior member of congress uh jane kim she's still young she certainly uh uh despite not winning this election i thought she was very strong on the campaign trail i've moderated a couple of the debates that she was at uh performed very well i, I don't think we've seen the last of her by any stretch of the imagination who's uh London Breed's best friend on the board of supervisors going to be who's who's going to be her who's who's her supporter going to be who's going to be her her rabbi <laughs> it was Malia Cohen but we're going to have a, a she's also termed out right and uh, we're going to have a new election in district 10 um, in November so that's a good question 
One of the things that I remember uh, Lyndon Bree bringing up when she uh, came to visit and, and was doing, um, when she came actually for all of her interviews, um, she mentioned that she's been able to kind of work with everyone, even outside of, amidst, you know, being pretty much deposed from being mayor for a while and now, you know, coming back. Um, so I think part of one of the things that, um, that has really come across with her is that she's been more open to working with other people. So as, as Kai pointed out, she may not have uh, maybe a, like a new best friend on the board, but the idea that she can reach across the aisle to work with people that, you know, she's had issues with before, I think that's going to be saying a lot. She might want to look for a new best friend in whoever she points to District 5 also because no, she that, gets to yes. fill that role. That always doesn't work out in San Francisco politics. <laughs> no. Sometimes you appoint someone you think is going to be your best friend, then they turn on you in like or in three weeks. Yeah. Or, they, or they lose. Or they, <laughs> they lose six months later, yes. Um, all right. It's time for way too early predictions for 2019. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Who is going to be in the mayoral race in 2019 against Mayor London Breed? I do not think Mark Farrell will run again. He was strongly considering running if Jane Kim became mayor because the contrast between the two of them is very clear and very stark. But I don't see how he really takes on London Breed since their politics are so similar. I, I think it's going to be very interesting. It really depends on how she governs. Uh, if she governs as we expect she will be from the center, she'll certainly have a progressive challenger. If she tries to tack too much to the left... Who knows? We could see a Daniel Lurie get into the race or, or somebody uh, who would be more business friendly. Uh, it's really impossible to say right now, but I think we'll be looking in the next couple of months as to what kind of tone she sets. And that may instruct who, who wants to challenge her. I think City Attorney Dennis Herrera has had his eye on Room 200 for a long time. Many and, years, yes. Yeah. He's tried a couple times, too. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if he and, gave it another go. And last time he ran, he said that his wife told him that's the last time he would run for mayor. Uh-oh. But as we know from politicians, <laughs> Sherman-esque statements are not yeah. necessarily Sherman-esque. <laughs> exactly. It's like, there's no such thing as never. All right. Thanks all for being here. Thank you. Right. Thank, you. Thank you. Thanks, Joe. This show is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Our theme music is San Francisco by Goss Prom, courtesy of the Free Music Archive. The show is produced by Dominic Fracasa and Fernando Diaz. For more City Hall coverage, you can follow Dominic on Twitter at Dominic Fracasa and me at HNightSF. Check out all of our coverage at sfchronicle.com.